to My Favorite Theorem, the math podcast with no quiz at the end. I'm Evelyn Lamb, one of your hosts. I'm a freelance math and science writer in Salt Lake City, Utah, currently enjoying very beautiful spring mountains, which um, my guest and my co-host can see behind me in my Zoom background. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is my co-host. Hi, I'm Kevin Knudsen, professor of mathematics at the University of Florida. Uh, My wife and I are off to California this weekend. So, um, you know, she's, she's a book artist and there's a, there's a big, uh, biannual, is it every two years is biannual, right? Um, or is that semi-annual? Maybe biannual is also, yes, maybe they're the same word. Every two years, except that this two years is, this two years is three years because two years ago was, well, anyway. Uh, so yeah, so it's, it's called Codex and she is exhibiting there and I am tagging along because I like Berkeley and we're, and we're going to do stupid things like. Like spend too much for a meal at Chez Panisse, and things sounds like that. great. Yeah, we're we're really looking forward to it. So anyway, but let's talk math. Yes, and we are excited today to be talking with Tian Chi. Tian, would would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi, um, my name is Tian Chi, and I'm currently an assistant professor of mathematics at Montana State University Billings, which is a uh, comprehensive teaching school in the middle of uh, Montana. And, but later on this fall, I will be joining the faculty of Oxford College at Emory University. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Oxford is a, um, is a college separate from the main campus of Emory that's like a, uh, uh, a small liberal arts spinoff. So students can do a small liberal arts experience for two, the first two years of their undergraduate degree at Emory and then go to the main campus to finish. So I'm really excited for that. Yeah, and that's that, that that's a little bit outside of town, right? So Emory itself is in Decatur, correct? And 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 the the Oxford College is where? It's I know it's not right there. Oxford, Georgia. Uh, Oxford, yeah. Georgia. Oh, okay. so it's yeah. So so about half hour, forty five minutes or so east, I think. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I. Uh, I am excited that we got you while you were still in Montana because I just love having guests who are also in the mountain time zone uh, because then they don't think I'm, uh, you know, a layabout because I never want to do anything before 11 a.m. Um, this is a common but, problem we have, yeah. Yeah, I I am excited. I, I'll be going to Glacier, or I'm working on planning a trip to Glacier National Park uh, for this Ooh. summer, which I know isn't actually that close to Billings because Montana is enormous. Yeah. Um, but I think will be very beautiful. Some of the pictures that, that you post sometimes are really beautiful with the scenery up there in Montana, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're a little behind us on the spring timeline, but similar mountain mm-hmm. beauty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I went to graduate school actually at the University of Montana mm. uh, in Missoula, which is much closer to the glacier. So mm-hmm. while I was a grad student, I managed to go up there a couple of times and you're in for a really good time this summer. Yeah, <laughs> I'm excited. Excellent. Um, yeah, well, let's dive into the math. What math would you like to talk about today? Okay, um, so uh, my favorite theorem is not exactly a theorem, or uh, or is a theorem depending on your point of view. But my favorite math concept uh, that I'm going to talk about today is uh, mathematical induction, mm. and there are a couple of reasons why why I chose this. One is that I am a combinatorist slash graph theorist, 
And in our field, we don't have right, a lot of big foundational theorems or theories. Uh, in our line of research, we tend not to build skyscrapers. We tend to sprawl. And so because of that, there aren't like the, these big foundation things. But uh, uh, so, so it's hard to point at like one theorem that says like this is like a key theorem in, in, uh, in our discipline. But uh, the idea of induction is, is always present in our work and especially in my work. And another reason I, I, I like induction is because I do a lot of math outreach kind of things. I, I'm involved in the math circle community quite heavily. And we I run a student circle here at MSU Billings. Mm -hmm. And mathematical induction is one of those things that almost all students, even children, intuitively understand. Like they, the, the, the actual mechanisms um, of and formal logic, of course, is not something most people are familiar with. But this idea of if you have something that's true and you know you can do this thing and it's still true, uh, that, that, that this means that it just keeps being true, that's something that students inherently just grasp right away, uh, especially if you compare it with visuals. So uh, I think there's a lot of concepts in math that are like this, that are technically you know, kind of difficult results to articulate, but intuitively, everyone already understands them to some extent. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, and you mentioned visuals. So what are some of the visuals you might use to describe induction? So, so one of the classic uh, like uh, induction proofs that you would give as an example or an exercise in like an intro to proofs class is the, uh, is the proof that the sum of the first n odds is n squared. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. you know, uh, very often when that's presented, that's done with the usual algebra and the uh, you know the flip and then the two k plus one and all of that. But uh, you can easily show that if you take a square mm -hmm. and then you take a two by two square, you have to draw a one by one by one extra l around the original square to get the two by two square, and then you get the three by three square by drawing a two by two by one L around the two by two square. Mm -hmm. And then you just say, okay, you keep doing that, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. most students or people without uh, math, uh, formal mathematical training will recognize, oh yeah, that just keeps happening. Mm -hmm. But the, the keeps happening is induction, right? That's, the, that's what we don't say out loud, but that's inherently in, in this, uh, this reasoning. Mm -hmm. That's a good visual because, as you say, the algebra, I mean, so when we, we teach our sort of intro to proofs course, this is where students really get their first taste of induction. And I think mm -hmm. it's kind of cold, right? Uh, right? So you say, okay, yes, it works for the base case, check. You know, so one equals one, all right, we understand that. And then you, then you assume it's true for K and then show it's true for K plus one. And I think students mm -hmm. learn this mechanically, but I'm never sure that they really grab what's going yeah, on. Yeah, well, and you, if you learn it by manipulating, you know, like K plus one and, you know, multiply that out to square it or something, mm -hmm. you know, that, that sometimes does remove you from actually thinking about the concepts. You, I mean, it's an important way to be able to work, but, but yeah, mm -hmm. if you have pennies that you're arranging on a desk or cards or something in a square that can be a lot more like, yeah, look what's happening. Here's the next odd number. Mm -hmm. Here we go. Mm -hmm. Mm 
Yeah. So just maybe to back up for a moment, um, maybe we should actually state, you know, oh, yeah. what induction <laughs> is. <laughs> and because it is, I mean, it, as you said, it's an idea that a lot of people will intuitively feel is correct, but might not have, have actually seen as, you know, this like packaged, you know, with a little definition bow on the top kind of thing. Right. So, so the, the idea of induction is um, if you, you need two prerequisites, one is a, uh, a statement and at least one typically integer value for which that statement is true. So you have a statement, let's say capital P, and an integer K, and we verify that P of K is true. And then we, uh, uh, that coupled with an argument that shows that any time something is true for say an N, it must also be true for N plus one. So P of N implies P of N plus one, then starting at K, uh, this statement is true for all n greater than or equal to k. So mm -hmm. for n, for k, and then k plus 1, and then the implication gives you k plus 2, and so on, and then you keep going as we... Right, right. <laughs> and so, so the visual that, that I, I sometimes use with students is, you know, it's, it's imagine you have an infinite line of dominoes. If you knock down the first one, they're all going to fall down, right? Which isn't exactly correct, but let's... It's a reasonable vision. But so I, there's this TV show, not to derail totally, yeah, but no, I'm no. about to, yeah. uh, called, I think, I don't remember if it's called Domino Wars or, or uh -huh. Domino Masters, something like that. It We were in a hotel room flipping through channels, and we saw this, and they make these domino things. And in fact, sometimes not all the dominoes fall down right. when you push the first domino, because there's some sort of problem in the the domino line yes. of implications there. Right. Um, but in mathematics, the dominoes are all set up at, you know, just the right um, distance the, or angle that they do fall down. Ideal dominoes, right. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Although, although sometimes the dominoes, uh, uh, you, you can find arguments that, that end up skipping a step in some of the dominoes. Mm. And so I, I don't know if you've ever seen these induction like non-proofs. But I, I give this one as a as a challenge to like my discrete math students. Uh, the the all cows are the same color. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I don't think I I so, so I this sounds familiar, but I don't remember what it is. Well, I'll let Tian tell us. But but I I have a story about this. So when I, I was an undergrad at Virginia Tech, and and um, MAA members almost have universally heard of Bud Brown who is you know very well known among the MAA community and a really entertaining and won the polio award several times for the things he writes and this was his standard joke about induction he used horses instead of cows but um, but yeah so 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 let us let us hear that the, the, the theorem that all cows are the same color so um, so let's uh, so let's prove via induction that all cows are the same color so we start with a base case uh, n equals one and we say all right if we have one cow it's the same color as itself ergo for a size of set uh, n equals one, all cows are the same color. And then, all right, we assume that it's true for a set of size k. And I say, all right, so let's take a, uh, a set of k plus one cows. Well, by induction, we know the first k cows are the same color. Mm -hmm. And by induction, we also know the last k cows are the same color. And so ergo, the k minus one cows uh, in the overlap 
they're also the same color. And more importantly, the first cow has to be the first color as the K minus one. The last cow must also be the same color as the K minus one. Mm-hmm. So all K plus one cows are the same color. Right. Yeah. Convince um, me. Sure. I've only <laughs> seen one color of cow. Right. But but you know so Bud Bud's joke was somehow he he made this work where it's like uh, well but that's a horse of a different color right this is sort of standard. Right. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, of course. And now the trick, of course, is to is to get your students to understand why that proof doesn't work, Be- mm-hmm. because it, it it seems convincing, right? Yes, feels pretty good. So so mm-hmm. so so why don't you explain to our readers why it doesn't work? All right. So um, it it is a true statement at a certain point that the first cow, uh, in a sense, a true statement that the first cow has to be the same color as the middle k minus one, as does the last cow. But of course, if k is one, as in the base case, then that's zero cows, so it's vacuously true. Mm. And so the, 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 the first and the second cow uh, are not, not the same color as the middle k minus one, but that doesn't, that, that's not useful information. That's right. And so this, this, this is what, uh, what pops into my, visually how I interpret this is as that missing domino, right? Mm-hmm that we actually took away the second domino, right, the, the n equals two case, and so because that domino is missing, the deduction obviously does not carry through, and we have more than one color of cow on this planet. Yeah, yeah. And what's what's fun about induction is, is you never stop using it. So, you know, your combinatorics, you, you're clearly gonna use it all the time. I'm teaching graduate algebraic topology this term, and just uh, maybe two weeks ago, I used induction. I was computing the cohomology of the eilenberg maclean spaces of type KZN, and it's a du- it's a and it's a double induction because you know the right. you know the base you know case one and you know and 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 so you pull yourself from uh, from something odd to something even and then it's a different argument for something even to something odd, uh, so it, right. it it just never stops. So I guess I'm gonna betray my naivety about like what combinatorialists do, but um, the, as a combinatorialist, are you you kind of mostly using like the the regular induction not transfinite or, or you know spicier flavor of induction <laughs> or i mean i don't know do you do you have to induct on and i'm i'm even forgetting that i there are a few different ones that you know go for like different types of sets so rather than the integers um like mm-hmm. get, you can do induction on real numbers right if you set things up right and but are you basically just doing it on the integers mostly? That's the only place I would want to do it. Yeah, um, don't feel bad if you don't know what commenters are doing. Most of us don't know what each other are doing, right? <laughs> Again, the sprawl that we talked about. Um, yes, yeah, so in my case, um, I try not to even deal with infinite things that aren't countable, mm. right? I have to, for some of my constructions, but I, I would prefer not to have to do <laughs> anything uncountable. Um, and, and, and so yes, I'm only, I'm, I'm only doing, uh, me, me in particular, I'm, I'm only doing uh, induction on integers. I'm certain if you define graphs on uncountable sets or this sort of thing, then it would make sense possibly to invoke Zorn's lemma or mm-hmm. you know, those other kinds of Induction-ish things, but that's not uh, 
that's that's not what I do. So yeah. Right. Well, the bass version is powerful enough. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. want to besmirch the name, the fine <laughs> name of uh, induction. So you know, you of course this is important in your work. Um, my my big experience really learning about induction in my first like heavy duty proofs class in college was a transformative moment for me, like in really being able to work with axioms and stuff. So it's also really important to me, maybe from a pedagogical, I mean, I was the Mm -hmm. one being pedagogued at, but you know, from a pedagogical point of view, I think it is also really important. Do you find that too? Do you, does, is this a really important moment for your students? I think so. I think, um, Again, like I said, the, the 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 idea of induction is 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 something that's like inherent in us. I think, but like this idea that you're able to keep doing something, and so what I when I cover induction, I kind of also use it as a uh, as maybe one of the first examples where you try to. Uh, you try to formalize what your intuition told you to do anyway. Mm-hmm. And and there's often a, a, a tendency I notice when teaching entry to proofs type classes that because the idea of writing proofs is such a new thing, uh, that, that somehow it's totally, like when they write these proofs, they want to use a lot of jargon and, and symbols and theorems maybe that they learn. And it, it, it sometimes can get away from like their actual understanding of what it is they're trying to prove. Mm-hmm. So when we start with induction, it's like, look, like you, you, like, you tell me why this is true uh, without trying to prove it. Just tell me why it's true. And it's like, all right, and, and our goal is to turn that into math and then also clean up any loose bits or cases mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. uh, along the way. But that's that's really uh, uh, what we're trying to do. So if we're trying to prove that, uh, you know, again, the sum of the first n odds is n squared, it's like, all right, why is that? Tell me why mm-hmm. I keep adding these l's and it still keeps being a square. Okay, now, now what we need to do is just make that, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. concrete and, and uh, and that's such an important skill uh, throughout, right? Because you you can't reasonably prove anything unless you know you have some idea of why this thing might be true, and and then all we're trying to do with the formal writing is just say that, just say exactly what you're thinking, but very, 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 very carefully. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So another thing we like to do on this podcast is ask our guests to pair their theorem with something. So what pairs well with induction? Let's see, I, there, there's a couple of different pairings I, I could uh, uh, go with it when I You're allowed first... more than one. Okay, sure, yeah. so, so when I first... Well, and if you, if you have one and then you have N of them, you're allowed to have N plus That's one right. of them, so. <laughs> I, I sure can, but I don't think blah, I want to go through <laughs> the gamut of naturals. Yeah. Um, so uh, when I first learned induction, 
I think I was an undergraduate, and I think I was drinking a lot of whiskey at the time. So <laughs> that sounds illegal, but we'll, we'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, so, so that uh, that's one possible pairing. Uh, like I said in uh, in the math outreach stuff that I do. Uh, back when we used to have it in person, mm. I would often buy like little uh, granola bars and little single serving bags of chips for the students to snack on while, while working on this stuff. And so, you know, that's that's a pairing I would give for working with induction with like uh, middle school students, which is the target audience for our, our circle here. And then uh, in my current work now as, as a grown up mathematician, mm. Um, I am making a lot of homemade noodles recently, oh. and I've been really enjoying them. And so maybe that's what I would pair for for the induction that I'm doing right now mm. and my own yeah. stuff. Right. right. I, I like that. Um, I mean, I would like to try your homemade noodles also. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. That's, that's always a lot of work, I think, yeah, um, yeah. To, to make those at home. But yeah, I like I like the potato chips idea a lot too because right. first, of course, there's the Lay's slogan. I don't know if it's still one of their branding. Mm -hmm. You can't j eat just one. Yep. Um, <laughs> Which works really well. Plus, for me personally, every potato chip tastes like one more potato chip. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah, yeah, it truly is. Yeah. You, you have one, and then you have to have another one. There's, there's, yeah, forever. Yeah. But noodles, noodles, I think are good too, because it's like hard to count the number of noodles there mm -hmm. are, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh, yeah, plus so, delicious. Is is there a noodle dish that isn't I was about to delicious? Say, what, what do you do with your noodles? How do, how do you prepare them? Um. So, uh, so far I've stir fried them mm -hmm. and I've also made like a beef noodle soup with them. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Which are both, uh, uh, both excellent. And they're actually much easier to make than, than I, I would have thought. Um, do you have one of those, I, you have one of those I, pasta maker things where you crank them out or? You, or no, no. I, I, what I do is I just roll them kind of into a rectangular ish uh -huh. sheet and then I just dust it and fold it up and then you just cut it, cut it with a knife. Okay. Excellent. Yeah, and so they, they come out a little thick, but uh, I do prefer it that way anyway, so okay. that works for me. All right, yeah. so I think Eve oh. Evelyn and I are already looking up flights to Billings. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'll just drive. Yeah. Yeah. I could be there. Well, you'll you know, just in... drive? I mean, look. <laughs> yeah. I'll be there in eight hours, though. I don't know how long it is from where it's I am. It's got to be more I'm than closer that. to one of you now, but in a few months, I will be closer to the other one. That's right. Yeah. You're, it's like, yeah, it's like yes. five hours to Atlanta from here, so that's not so bad. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. Well, this has been great. Mm -hmm. I'm really glad that we've we got to talk about induction, which mm -hmm. really has deserved an episode it of has. my favorite theorem for quite a while. Mm -hmm. yep. um, yeah. Anything? Would you like to let people know um, how to find you online or any anything you're uh, involved in that you'd like to plug to make sure people know about it? Anything like that? Um. Let's see. Um. You can find me on Twitter at Tianchi Math. Um, we'll include a link to that. We will. I, I am, as as you both know, I am a co-organizer for the online uh, seminar Talk Mass with Your Friends, mm -hmm. which has collaborated with this podcast previously in the past yep. uh, yes. for a live taping. Um, and, and I don't have too much going on right now. Again, I'm in that very odd phase where I'm in between uh, things, but I've... I uh, 
and very involved, like I said, in in math outreach, in teaching, OERs, undergraduate research, that sort of thing, a very teaching-focused kind of career. Mm -hmm. And so I'm certain that I will have things along those lines uh, happening uh, soon in the future mm -hmm. uh, once I get settled at my new position. Okay. So I'm really looking forward to, to all of that. Yeah. All right. Sounds great. Well, Tian, this, yeah, is, this has been great. Us. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Yep. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was a blast. Thanks for listening to My Favorite Theorem, hosted by Kevin Knudsen and Evelyn Lee. The music you're hearing is a piece called Fractalia, a percussion quartet performed by four high school students from Gainesville, Florida. They are Blake Crawford, Gus Knudsen, Del Mitchell, and Bao Chan Wen. You can find more information about the mathematicians and theorems featured in this podcast, along with other delightful mathematical treats, at Kevin's website, kpknudsen.com, and Evelyn's blog, Roots of Unity, on the Scientific American Blog Network. We love to hear from our listeners, so please drop us a line at myfavoritetheorem at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Kevin's handle on Twitter is at nivicnazdunk, that's Kevin spelled backwards, followed by Knudsen spelled backwards, and Evelyn's is at Evelyn J. Lamb. The show itself also has a Twitter feed. The handle is M-Y-F-A-V-E-T-H-M. That's at my favorite theorem. Join us next time to learn another fascinating piece of mathematics.